the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American choice. If we don't do this, our country will be lost forever. People are tired of rhinos and globalists. They want to see America first. That's what they want. It's not too complicated. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. This is it. Either they win or we win. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, That was the message that President Trump brought to CPAC over the weekend, winning the straw poll, uh, just obliterating everybody. But President Trump really did correctly frame what's about to happen in 2024. This is the final battle. If the Democrats are able to retake the White House, if the Democrats are able to gain ground and maintain control of the Senate, and that and reclaim the house of representatives this could be it we are they are marching us slowly down the path to socialism and fascism and that's exactly what's happening and it's happening in every major area of our nation right now from government education Hollywood entertainment, you name it. So anyway, welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program, Hour 2 of the big show underway. We have a lot of folks on hold from the last hour that I want to get to, because this really is, at this point, unless something something very odd happens, this is going to be a Trump-DeSantis battle, um, battle um, royale. So who do you support? Let's start in Tennessee. Joe hanging out with us on our Facebook live stream today. Joe, what say you? Uh, Hello, Todd. I've been following you a long time. I couldn't agree more uh, with what you just said. Uh, I do believe that uh, we are at a very pivotal crossroads. I've never seen Christianity under attack like it is now. Uh, I've just never seen anything like it. But uh, what I wanted to, to talk to you about is this idea of um, someone trying to beat Trump for the uh, Republican nomination. It's not going to happen. DeSantis is the, is the most likely. I don't think he has a prayer. But of all the people that are running, he would be number two on my list. Trump is number one. And uh, I like DeSantis. I like him a lot. I just don't think there's any way in the world that he can... Uh, in an honest, fair primary, that he can beat Trump. Trump has got a tremendous amount of momentum going for him. What I would like to see, I'd like to see DeSantis and Trump make up and uh, and let uh, DeSantis uh, run as his uh, as his vice presidential nominee. 
if, if, if those two got in <laughs> and he served two or four years or eight years with Donald Trump, he would be awesome coming out of there for the presidency. I think it's just a, that it, everybody needs to look at this and more than just what's happening right now. We're, we've got a future to look at here. And uh, I would love to see DeSantis in the presidential chair one day, but this is not his time. This is about the long game. This is about playing the long game Long game here, Joe. Uh, you give yeah. Trump four years in the White House, that sets up DeSantis for eight years after that. I think that's yeah. a winning formula. I do, too. I do, too. I, I'm excited about the prospect of that. I've been watching DeSantis for a long time, and um, and he he has done fantastic stuff. Uh, in Florida, he just can't win this nomination, and he ought to know that. It's, um, but but it's good for him to get out there. It's good for him to get out there, get it, get it, you know, a, get a feel for what it's like to be out on a national campaign stage. A lot different than just campaigning in Florida, and, and I oh, think yeah. that's going to help him out down the road. And again, I don't even have a problem with the back and forth between the two, uh, as long as they keep it somewhat polite, uh, because we do need to know if DeSantis can not only take a punch, but he can, if he can land a punch. That's true. That is very true. Um, he is, uh, he, he's done some very innovative things. Now he's done some things that have absolutely shocked me, uh, and come out on, on the good end of it about with kids and, uh, and the COVID masks and all that mess. I traveled back and forth down to South America a lot. And we went through a lot of that COVID mess down there. Now, the mask thing has always been a joke. And he figured that out early on. Um, I mean, he he's a very innovative guy. He's extremely intelligent. He don't mind taking a chance. He don't mind stepping out. He's my kind of man. If Trump won in the race, he'd be the guy I'd be looking for. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else that comes close to him or Trump either one. But I would like to see them get together, and I, I really, really would like to see that. All right. Well, Joe, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening to us. Let's go to Jerry in Georgia, WDUN, our great station there. All right, Jerry, what say you? Hey, how you doing? Uh, Todd, this is the first time I've ever called in on a radio show. <laughs> but, is that? Well, uh, welcome. Glad to have you. Yeah, but I'm up for the task. Um, I'm 100% Trump running in this election. Um, and my take with DeSantis, I love DeSantis. He's doing great in Florida, but I, I would like for him to stay four more years in Florida because he's still got a lot to do there. Um, and I know probably him being vice president with Trump would support him for, but I think he's going to, if he, if he runs in 2028, he's going to get it. He's going to get it because he's going to be that kind of a guy. Everybody's going to know Ron DeSantis by that time if they don't now. Um, I don't want Trump to run independent because that just guarantees the liberals will be right in there because he'll take so many votes away from the Republican Party, they won't have a chance. That's, yeah, I, I look, I'm afraid you're right there, Jerry. Yeah, that's it's uh, I, I can understand the temptation, but end of the day, uh uh-uh, uh, bad move. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I said, I'm 76 years old. And I said, uh, now this thing about age, age things, I'm sharp as a tack. <laughs> I got everything going. Yeah. Well, you're not Joe Biden. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not Joe Biden. I can, I can think the rings around. I'm, I got a lot of common sense. But uh, 30 years ago, I kept telling all my friends, anybody I tell, I said, the only way this country's economy is going to survive, you have to have a businessman in to run it because there's not a politician knows anything about business. That's it. 
That's and it. And then the president came, Trump came in, and he proved it to me. And plus, we got a bonus for how strong he was in the foreign policy. We got a big bonus out of that. So uh, he's done the great things, and I can't believe I've got a lot of liberal friends, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got some Democrat friends that think they're liberal, but they're not. They're just voting for them, which that doesn't help. Um, but just all the things, you list all the things that Trump did in those four years he did is incredible. But it's remarkable. Take, and and it Jerry, is. I'm telling you, and we, we're, we're running late for a break here, Jerry, so let me ramp this up here. If sure. you, you take away you take away the Russia collusion, which is the greatest hoax perpetrated on this country, you've got a president in those four years who would have been hailed as one of the, if not the best president we have had in American history, only because of the amount of work and the legislation he was able to shove through when he was having to fight not just the Democrats, but members of his own party. So, Jerry, God bless you, and thank you for that call. Uh, folks, we do need to take a break here. Before we do that, I, I want to play some audio from Jill Biden, the Mrs. Dr. First Lady, uh, Jill Biden, talking about these mental competency tests, cut number 11. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We would never even discuss something like that. We would never even discuss something like that. Okay, uh, so just one observation here. Who is we? There's only one president, right? Right? I mean, that's right unless there's not and maybe she's the acting president maybe she needs to be taking that competency test as well i right, got to take a break here 844-747-8868 trump says 2024 is the final battle do you agree we'll be right back covidtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost eighty thousand dollars covidtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand and covidtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost 900 grand if you run a business a church or a nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic you could qualify for up to twenty six thousand dollars per employee through the government's cares act but beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. Refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Thank you for hanging out with us, noon to 3 Eastern, Monday through Friday. Before we bring Father Frank Pavone on, I want to get him to weigh in on a story uh, coming out of Arizona. This is the Washington Elementary School District. The school board there voting unanimously to no longer partner with Arizona Christian University. Arizona Christian, for the past 11 years, supplied student teachers to the school district, one of the largest in the state, and they have 32 schools. 
Well, the the school district has determined that Arizona Christian University is too Christian. The five-member school board, three of the five members are members of the LGBT community. One of them, her name is Tamelia Valenzuela, had something to say about this. By the way, I have to describe Miss Valenzuela before we play her um, audio um, from the school board. She describes herself as a bilingual, disabled, neurodivergent, queer, black, Latina. She also wears cat ears. No, I'm not making this up. She actually wears cat ears. So here's what the the school board member had to say. Cut number 21. Our vision in Washington Elementary School District is committed to achieving excellence for every child, every day, every opportunity every child when i go to arizona christian university's website and i'm taking this directly from their website above all else be committed to jesus christ accomplishing his will and advancing his kingdom on earth as in heaven part of their values is influence, engage, and transform the culture with truth by promoting the biblically informed values that are foundational to Western civilization, including the centrality of family, traditional sexual morality, and lifelong marriage between one man and one woman. I want to know how bringing people from an institution that is ingrained in their values that will very directly, one, impact three of your board members who are a part of the LGBTQ community. We have added our pronouns at the dais as a solidarity, as a, a solidarity to let our LGBT community know that we stand in making sure that they feel protected. Are we only performing performative solidarity or are we going to dig deep and actually look at the partnerships that we're doing? Meow. 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 That's the cat woman. Unbelievable. I'm going to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Honored to have with us Father Frank Pavone, Director of Priest for Life, and he's in California at the March for Life. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But, uh, Father Frank, when when you hear that kind of discriminatory language coming from a school board, what goes through your mind? Well, Todd, great to be with you today. And one of the first things that went through my mind is what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in the response to to the uh, Biden State of the Union. She said, this is a, a, a battle between normalcy and insanity and uh, it, it crazy. I mean, that's that's what it is. You know, these people look at religious freedom as discrimination. And because that's in the official strategy documents of uh, of the Democrat Party. And, and this is where we Christians need to need to be so, so alert. Much of what was said at CPAC these last two days hit a hit on this theme that uh, you know we are we are living in a time when it they're trying to normalize discrimination against Christians and call that freedom. 
Uh, and this this incident that you just uh, related to us from Arizona just embodies that very same dynamic. You know, it's I never thought, at least in my lifetime, that I would see this sort of discrimination where a school district says, you know what, we're not hiring the Christian teachers anymore. And they made no bones about it. They, they came right out and said, we got a problem with any of these people that are living their lives through the, the a biblical lens. And it reminded me of something President Trump said, Father Frank, and I know you were at CPAC, and the president said this battle in 2024 is the final battle. When you look yes. at that level of discrimination, I agree with that. Yes, it is. I agree with that, too. It, it doesn't get any crazier than this. It doesn't get any worse than this. I mean, when when uh, and, and we saw Biden himself saying it in that that weird, you know, demonic uh, uh, talk in Philadelphia some months ago, uh, you know, when you start demonizing the MAGA movement, the America First movement, the Christians in America. I mean, you're setting the stage for outright physical persecution. And, and of course, history has seen this time and time again. Uh, that's what they're setting the stage for. And, and we've got to be ready for that battle. It's the, it's the final battle. Uh, and, uh, and I think that the people there at CPAC were, in fact, ready, are, in fact, ready. We were, we were gearing up for this. So many of the talks, uh, Todd, as you know, uh, were just saying to people, like Steve Bannon said, you know, it's not that there's a storm coming. The storm is here. We are in the midst of it now. And that's why, you know, he said in relation to the presidency, you know, we can't have on-the-job training, uh, you know, for the president we elect in 2024. We need, you know, him and other people in office who have been in this battle already and have proven themselves to be winners. Uh, Father Frank, I want to play something uh, that Michael Knowles said that's caused a, a lot of controversy. He was talking about transgenderism, and I think this is important, folks. He wasn't talking about transgender people. He was talking about the ideology, cut 18. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, Transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. And and now this guy, Michael Knowles, is being attacked, Father, for saying that, that they say, well, he wants to eliminate, he wants to destroy transgender people. That's not what he said. No, it's not what he said. And, it, and it, 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 you know, what he said is true. Not only in and of itself, but it, it, Todd, it applies to all of these radical ideas of the left. You know, when we think about transgender, as a pro-life leader, I've been saying, you know, maybe the reason today we, we can't say a man is a man or a woman is a woman is because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. If you take biological reality and you think you can just redefine it and twist it any way you want, I mean, that is a notion that has to be rejected in its totality. Because then we're all in danger. Because yeah. then the next thought you, you might have is that you or I are not a person. 
And, and, and so what he says is absolutely right. We just have to uh, understand, you know, it doesn't mean you're rejecting the person. You're rejecting the falsehood because the falsehood hey, Father, hurts everybody. I want, Father Frank, hang, hang tight for just a minute. Can you hold on through the break? All right, good. Father Frank Pavone, he's at the California March for Life. We're going to talk to him more about that coming up next. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starns. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Starns radio program. Uh, Want to bring back into the conversation our friend, Father Frank Pavone, a director of Priest for Life. And he is at the California March for Life today. Uh, set the stage for us, uh, Father. What's uh, w- what's the scene looking like? Well, right now I'm sitting right in front of the Capitol building in Sacramento, and I see about 30 different tents representing pro-life organizations that work up and down the state of California. There's youth groups here. There's pregnancy centers. There's educational groups. There's uh, activist groups. In fact, just down the street, there were about 100 people that just walked down the street to a nearby abortion facility, and they're praying there now. And we expect hundreds, if not thousands, of Californians to be gathered here on the plaza in front of the Capitol in just a couple of hours from now. And, you know, California has been facing a real, real uh, bad situation with abortion. You know, they, they, they passed this Proposition 1 back in the midterms. They got abortion uh, enshrined in their constitution. But these people here in um, California are not slowing down. They're not being deterred. They know that they can save lives every day. And they know that nothing is permanent when it comes to uh, American public policy. They're determined to change it, Todd, for the protection of these children and their families. Well, I think it's important, especially in places like California, uh, that that there is a strong pro-life movement. Are, Are you sensing that? Oh, absolutely. In fact, our ministry, Priests for Life, got started here in California 30 years ago, and uh, lots of great things are coming out of the uh, the very strong pro-life people up and down the state. Uh, and, and this march today also is is a part of a movement that our audience should know is, is we're seeing in more and more states now these statewide marches. I was just at the Arizona march two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks from now, I'll be at the Connecticut March for Life. And the reason we see these state marches for life is that with the Dobbs case, People know that they can make even more of a difference at the state level uh, to protect the unborn, and they're rising up to the occasion. Well, I think this is just terrific news. And, uh, Father, I know you've got a lot on your plate out there. We're going to let you get back to it and appreciate your great work all over this uh, great country of ours. Well, thank you, Todd. Thanks for your work, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. All right. Father Frank Pavone, ladies and gentlemen, in California today for the big March for Life. He's the director of Priest for Life. 
And uh, Grace had so many guests, but we couldn't even squeeze him in. He, he kept wandering by, and we, we were like, all right, we're going to get you on the show this week. And uh, we have we have delivered on that promise. Is that not the craziest story out of Arizona? I mean, who in their right mind would have thought we would be in a place in American history right now where a Christian university has basically been banned from sending student teachers to a school district. So the question, very simple, do you have a problem? Do you have a problem with student teachers coming from a Christian university? Is that a problem in your estimation? But I'm telling you right now, it's really fascinating to watch the discrimination coming from these uh, gays and lesbians and uh, the, the woman who thinks she's a feline. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm reading uh, the story. Uh, Laurie Roberts is a, a writer for the Arizona Republic, and I will say I was pleasantly surprised to read her op-ed because she understands what's going, going on here. She said, all you have to do is flip it around. Just flip this story around and see if it still works. What would have happened if the school board had said, you know what, there's a, there's a pro-gay university out there, and we don't feel comfortable with that, so we're going to ban any student teacher that comes from gay university. They're not going to be – I don't know. No, I don't know what their mascot is, Dylan. I don't know. The Flames? No, I don't think so. The <laughs> – the Finding Alphabets? Yeah, that's good. So, writing in the Arizona Republic, she says, there's no basis for this. There's no evidence that student teachers from Arizona Christian or Grand Canyon University, which is another Christian school, have ever violated district policy or federal policy regarding the separation of church and state, which there's no such thing. This is, quote, discrimination of all employees of faith, especially those who are Christian. So she writes in this article in the Arizona Republic, flip it around and see how it sounds. Would it be okay for another school district to enact a policy against hiring an entire class of people, say teachers who are LGBTQ, out of some fear that one or more might make a student uncomfortable? And let me stop here for a moment. And based on the overwhelming evidence we have seen on the libs of TikTok, it's very clear to me that a, a shocking number of LGBT teachers have literally turned their classrooms into indoctrination centers for the left, and specifically the LGBT agenda. I don't see too many Christian flags flying in public school classrooms, but I see a lot of gay pride flags flying in those classrooms. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call old-fashioned discrimination. And I'm afraid there's going to be more of it happening in the coming days. Let's go to Rebecca in Maine, listening to us on WLOB, wants to weigh in on these student teachers. Hi, Rebecca. What's going on? Hello, Mr. Starnes. Um, well, thank you for having me. And I also wanted to say that I agree with um, I, I agree with her. If we flip this. They, first of all, they would have lost their minds. But the thing is, is that these young people coming from these schools are bringing good values, good ethics, and good morals. They're not bringing an agenda to brainwash, to um, preach their agenda. They're just bringing a good, wholesome um, uh, behavior to a classroom. 
I cannot understand how that could possibly be a problem. Well, the problem the problem is the yes, school sir. board, Rebecca. I mean, you've got a, a majority of the school board LGBT, and they want to punish Christians. That's all there is to it. And and yet, if I were to say to walk up to them and say, "I want," you know, I don't care that you're you know the alphabet soup, um, as long as you keep it to yourself, they would lose their mind. Absolutely, lose their mind. No doubt about it. And Rebecca, just, you know, we've talked about um, at length um, about Coach Kennedy, the high school football coach from Bremerton, Washington. This guy had to take his case all the way to the Supreme Court just to kneel and pray by himself at the 50 yard line. They're literally shoving teachers into closets while opening up the LGBT closets and saying, hey, come on out. Don't just celebrate in your classroom. We want you to indoctrinate and recruit in your classroom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. And so you don't have a problem have a one, with these Christian I, teachers? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think that, you know, you can't bring a better quality human being in somebody that has faith um, into because they have, a, they have a firm grounding. So when they're dealing with all those kids and those kids, you know, those kids can be a little crazy. They've got a firm grounding and they don't have to act out. They have it inside of them. I think you're absolutely right. Rebecca, thanks for the call. Folks, does the school district have a leg to stand on here? They're no longer going to hire student teachers or do anything with Arizona Christian University because they follow the teachings of Christ. 844-747-8868. Again, a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. Well, there is big news about the 2024 election. President Trump says it could be America's last battle. David Horowitz says it could be America's last as well. That is the shocking conclusion of his new book. It's called The Final Battle, a bestseller. David Horowitz revealing a secret war led by the far left, a woke generation who want to destroy our culture and our freedoms. Horowitz names names of the secret players working to change America. Newsmax says it is the book of the year. Dinesh D'Souza says it's the biggest expose of Joe Biden and the Democratic left ever. You can get Final Battle in bookstores, or you can check out my free offer and save $28. How do you do that? Very simple. Call 800-NEWSMAX. That's 1-800-NEWSMAX. Or go online to FinalBattle611.com. That's FinalBattle611.com. We'll be right back. He's not bitter. He's blessed. Todd Starnes on the Mighty 990 KWAM and streaming online at Mighty990.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back, everybody. Let's get to the phones here. James listening to us in North Carolina on the talk station. Hi, James. What's on your mind? Hey, man. How you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for asking. If that school was a, is Islamic school, they wouldn't have any problem with it. Oh, Christian that they have a problem with. Well, there, yes, that's you got that right, James. <laughs> and they yeah, all—I mean—they always true. target the Christians, don't they? They target the Christians, but you know what? They shouldn't carry money because it says in God we trust on that money, and every one of them will take that money if you were to give it to them. You know, I have a pretty simple philosophy when it comes to all of this, James. The, the the right to practice our religion is protected by the United States Constitution. And if any public school refuses to protect that right, I say we defund them. A thousand percent. No more federal money. Yes, sir. They need to do the school vouchers anyway. Well, there you I go. I the head of the teachers' union in front of the, the Supreme Court screaming you know about the school loan situation yes randy weingartner is her name yeah that's right i talked to my garbage man this morning he said he didn't want to pay my doctor's loan off man (laughs) james that's pretty good right what's the truth it's true (laughs) it's the truth you know i didn't take out a bunch of debt my son graduated a degree Magna cum laude in business, and he owed $9,000. Is that right? He got out of school because he went to community college two years, and then he went to get his degree at UNC Wilmington for two years. And he didn't go on safari to Africa, take a sabbatical. He didn't take a gap year, James? No, sir. You can charge anything. You wouldn't believe what you can charge to your school loan, man. You can go to Africa on sabbatical during the summer. You know what he did during the summer? He worked. Okay? And I don't think it's fair that people that goof off in school have to have their loan paid by somebody that worked really hard. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. James, I'm with you. I'm I'm not paying a single penny for any deadbeat college kid. You know, you you take out the loans, it's your responsibility to pay for them. James, pre- right. appreciate that call, sir, and thank you for listening to us. Let's go to Craig, also listening to us on the talk station in North Carolina. Hey Craig, what's going on? Um not much. I was very surprised when you said James from the talk station i thought well did i give them the wrong name no we've got a lot of listeners out there in that neck of the woods yes you do uh no i was just going the thing is so amazing about that thing with the school board is how hard it is to get teachers everywhere you hear uh that there's teachers there they don't have enough and here they're stopping allowing teachers to get into work it, uh, although, I mean, just be the devil's advocate, and we have to make sure we clean up this, is that any problem with the, that we had with, say, the Catholic priests 
we can't give these idiots any ammo to use against us. So we have to be sure to keep, you know, keep trying to get our side clean, too. Craig, I'm I'm reading here from this story in the Arizona Republic, a teacher, Lisa Hayes, she's been with the district for 11 years. She said there's no basis for this. Nothing has happened that should have initiated this except for the school board members' hypothetical ideas. This is discrimination. It's disappointing and disheartening in such a diverse school district that has always celebrated its diversity. Everybody is welcome except for the Christians. What would you expect from a school board member that dresses up like a cat? And just, I mean, I saw that picture. I just said, no, this can't be someone at a school board dressed like this. It's shocking. I mean, I, 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 I really shudder to imagine what bathroom breaks are like. Do they have like a little litter box off to the side? I, I don't know. It's very, very troubling. <laughs> anyway, it's just, right. I've got two daughters, two daughters who are teachers. And their schools are always looking for teachers. Well, we're coming to a point, and and I think the, the it started so many years ago. I mean, well, back in well, almost almost ten years ago, with the lawsuits, you know, the gay activists coming after the bakers and the wedding planners and the florists and all that kind of nonsense. And now that you've got these radicals out there, they're getting on these school boards. And they want to punish the Christians. That's that's pretty much. I mean, it's there's really it's not a deep dive here. They're pretty adamant about yeah. what they're going to do. Yeah, it's 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 too bad. We just can't. You know, the, the golden rule just would solve everything. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Craig, appreciate that call, and thank you for listening. We appreciate all of our great listeners across the nation. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Let's go to. Charles, listening to us on WSIC. Hi, Charles. What's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon, Todd. Uh, hey, I wanted to weigh in on uh, Trump's comment about 2024 being the final battle, and uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think uh, if we lose this election, uh, that we, we're pretty much done. I mean, it's been unfolding for a while now, and uh, you've seen what the other side has done. Uh, to try to interfere in elections over the last several years. But, I mean, we're just at a path where, you know, we're either going to remain a constitutional republic with Judeo-Christian uh, values based on Western civilization or whether we're going to become an atheistic country uh, that is, embraces fascism and socialism and Marxism. And, I mean, just listen to what that recording that you played. But, you know, if we don't get control of our southern border, our, our country's being invaded. And it's not only getting a hold of the border tied, it's getting deporting people who are in here illegally. And only Trump has the guts to do that. Only Trump has the guts to, to deal, stand up and deal with China. You're going to have to deal and with the deep state by defunding the, and de, defunding the deep state and going after these agencies that are coming after us. And only Trump, in my estimation has the guts to do that and you know charles uh, when you when you go back to that speech one of the things i really appreciated is trump playing hardball on on this issue of the border and announcing a plan to deport a just a massive deportation effort and that's what you have to do city by city state by state and just a massive sweep of the country and i don't want to send them to new york or washington or martha's vineyard i want to send them back to wherever they came from 
Yeah, and so do I. And we wouldn't be having to do this had the Biden administration not opened up the border. But it's it's what's going to have to be done, just like President Trump said, we're going to have to use the military to go after the drug cartels. That's it. And maybe, and maybe even extend that to uh, the Chinese who are uh, bringing over fentanyl, you know, to tell the Chinese, hey, you, bring sh- you, you put fentanyl on ships or planes. Uh, you know, we're going to target them, but you're not going to destroy our country. But, uh, no, we're just at a crossroads, Todd, and I just I just don't see if, – if we lose this election to the Democrats, and you know as well as I do, they're going to try to steal it again. But if we lose it, I just don't know how we recover because over the next several years, if, if Trump gets back in there, we can have more Supreme Court justices. Hopefully we can, you know, purge this deep state defund these schools that are well we're gonna have to yeah we're gonna let you go there charles we're running up against the um the hard breakers i appreciate you calling in uh yeah the supreme court's a big deal because the conservatives are starting to get on up there in age so that is another reason to re-elect president trump again so we can make america great again again all right we'll be right back again after this Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us, that's right, I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh yeah. All right, well, hello America, welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Very happy to have you with us today, a lot going on. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, great to have with us a, a fellow Tennessean. He's from the other side of the state. Uh, this would be Congressman Tim Burchett from the 2nd Congressional District over in East Tennessee. Congressman, hope you're doing good today. I'm doing great, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. Congressman, I uh, want to start with some uh, statewide news that's sort of gone national as uh, lawmakers in uh, in Nashville took on this uh, ban on drag queen shows in front of children. And and to be specific, ladies and gentlemen, because there's been so much fake news reporting about this, the law would ban performances on public property and in places where they could be watched by minors, specifically very graphic sexual content. And congressman, apparently a lot of a, a lot of Democrats don't have a problem with kids going to these kinds of shows. What I can't figure out is why more people aren't outraged by this. I mean, who would think it is healthy for a young child, prepubescent child, who is watching a man dressed up like a woman touch his crotch in front of him? I mean, to me, that is the epitome of of, of wrongdoing. And we, you know, I'm glad Tennessee stood up. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I spent 16 years in the legislature. And honestly, we didn't have, if we had drag shows with kids, we didn't know about it or we would have banned it back then. But I'm glad Tennessee has kind of taken the bull by the horns on this thing and, and leading the way because I suspect other states are going to be doing it very soon. Well, I hope so. And, and again, it's these are very graphic. And we've seen all the video of these little kids walking up to the drag queens and sticking dollar bills in, in really inappropriate places. And and you do wonder, well, wait a second, if that was taking place out on a sidewalk somewhere, somebody would be going to jail and charged with a sex crime. Yeah, 100%. You know, I used to be, uh, there's a little area called Happy Holler, and they used to have a Happy Holler Palooza. One of my buddies, dear friends, who's 
passed away. He's with the Lord now, but he was a teamster, and he used to be the sponsor of Happy Holler Palooza. And one year they did a drag show down there, and the next year he pulled his support, and they don't have Happy Holler Palooza because of that. People do not stand for that stuff in Tennessee. And it's, um, you know, I, I know people that are homosexual that, that are not in favor of children being at drag shows. And, you know, what in what world are parents thinking this is healthy for their for their children? I mean, these kids are little toddlers almost, and that's what they're growing up as normal. It's a it's a grooming episode, and you and I both know it. And it's, it's I'm glad Tennessee has called them out on it because it's wrong. You know, we had one down here in Knoxville, and I remember it was a Christmas Day thing or Christmas celebration. I thought, what in the world celebrating the birth of our Savior with a bunch of drag queens? That's that's where we've come to in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, to borrow a phrase from you, sir, there were a lot of unhappy hollering Tennesseans over this, and I'm I'm glad for it. Um, yes, sir. Congressman, I, I want to uh, direct your attention back to Washington, and you've got some significant legislation that we need to talk about. Uh, stepping up this push to ban TikTok, what are the concerns uh, for that Americans need to know about? Maybe their kids are on TikTok. They don't know much about it. What should they be concerned about? Well, first of all, I think we need to understand that the, the Chinese communists have compromised almost every level of our government from from our White House to Congress to our military to our research institutions to our colleges across this country. They have their tentacles into everything. They have it into our communications. They're the, the company is called Huawei. It's, um, um, it's not spelled like that, but that's how you pronounce it. It's run basically through the Chinese communist military. And TikTok is one of those things. In their country, it's used as an educational tool. In this country... It's used. To, they put these cute little videos on them, and kids see it, and they, um, you know, and they emulate it, and they try to get how many views they can get, and you know, down the line. But what the Chinese are using, once you've downloaded that software, they are monitoring every aspect of your day-to-day life: what you purchase, what you view, uh, what you don't view, and they target things towards you. And if you have a child that's suffering from depression, or you think they might be suffering from depression. You better watch out if they're on TikTok because they are using this to alter kids' minds and their moods. And, um, I mean, the Chinese have a, you know, we in America, I've always said this, we want our pizzas in 30 minutes or less, Mark, and that's about our attention span. But the Chinese have a 100-year plan where they know what they want to do, they know where they want to be, and they're following it. And if you, I mean, you know, it's just like when they said COVID didn't come from China, didn't come from the lab. Well, now we know it did. And all those people who won Pulitzer Prizes from our ruling class in the media, you know, they're not turning their Pulitzer Prizes in. The Chinese are in so much control in this country. It's very, it's scary. And um, I hope, I wish I could tell everything I knew about what they're, where they control, but there's, there's aspects of our life that is very scary. And, and Tic Tac is one of the, t- excuse me, um, Tic Tac is one of those things. Tic Tac's the candy. Um, but TikTok is one of those applications that kids download, and it is um, and it's scary right now what they're doing. And you actually have a United States senator, a Democrat senator, who has publicly stated that he is working in good faith with the Chinese to help clear this thing up. Now, 
that should tell you right there, nothing with the Chinese communists is in good faith. No, not at all. Good Lord. Uh, also, uh, later this week, uh, Friday, we understand the Treasury Department's going to be testifying uh, before the House Oversight Committee over their decisions to withhold some significant Biden crime family documents. What can you tell us about that? Well, we know that the the Biden family is is deeply involved in, in shady dealings. I mean, 10% for the big guy where, you know, the Lord gets 10%. Joe Biden doesn't get 10%. And it, where his son is um, negotiated with the Chinese, we know that they um, some of these oligarchs that have been um, – they slapped um, some pretty heavy penalties on. We know a couple of those that his son, oddly enough, had a contractual agreement with to the tune of several hundreds of thousands of dollars, I believe, what I was told. And um, and those were not slapped with any fines or any regulations or any hindrance whatsoever. So there's a whole lot in there. Um, it's a lot to chew on. You know, the, the problem is there's just so much garbage that's true about this family and their and their crime syndicate basically, and it and it's just sad that the head person of it is is sitting in the White House, and his cognitive skills are are decreasing. Cognitive skills are are decreasing to where um, these things are becoming more and more apparent, and and he is being further further um, taken advantage of. And by that, I mean allowing the country to be taken advantage of and his family to profit by. And on that note, Congressman, we have some brand new audio from President Biden uh, explaining his medical issues. Uh, let's take a listen. And I had uh, these terrible headaches. Was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway. They had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he never answered whether to, what they you found. Want, you, you want me to comment or just leave that as it is? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I, this guy, you know, I've had a couple of conversations with him, and each time it's gotten progressively worse. Um, we really have a real problem. I mean, if you're – yeah. If, if you're praying, people, you need to pray for our country because I hear a lot of people say we need to get rid of Joe Biden. Let me tell you, Kamala Harris is worse. Um, we're in a bad we're in a bad situation in this country, and and I and I put it I put it right at our own mine and yours our own feet. Twenty million so-called evangelical Christians did not go to the polls last time, and that's why this guy's in the White House. That's it. That's we're seeing all this radicalism. Our military has become woke. The Chinese own us. They fly. A surveillance balloon over our country, 1800s technology, something from the Civil War, and we allow it. Our general told the President of the United States, no, in fact, I will not shoot it down. And that's what we're living with right now. We've got some real problems in this country, and we better start addressing them or we're going to lose our country. All right. Well, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Always good stuff, and uh, we certainly appreciate your great work up in uh, Capitol Hill. Thank you, brother, and keep Bread and the truth. We'll do uh, Congressman Tim Burchett from out in East Tennessee. And uh, the guy's, uh, he's great. Got a big following up on Capitol Hill. And uh, folks in the media love this guy because he just tells it like it is. By the way, I want to go back to this story. We mentioned this briefly at CPAC. But I it takes a lot to shock me. And this this one really shocked me. This is a story from Springfield, Ohio, Kenwood Elementary School, where a group of black students, and we believe them to be fifth or sixth graders, were out on the playground, 
and they corralled these white children, and they ordered the white children to take a knee, and they had to say Black Lives Matter. Now, there's video of this, so none of this is in dispute. Everybody agrees this is what happened. But the um, the cops say that a number of young people were were attacked. So any child that refused to bow down or to take a knee, and any child that refused to say Black Lives Matter, were then subjected to a beating. 17 minutes this went on. The video shows kids, the white kids being thrown to the ground and beaten and kicked and punched. And I mean, in, in essence, these kids were being kidnapped. I mean, I'm watching one video where you have two black kids and they've got the arm of a white student and they're dragging them, um, through, um, through the playground. I mean, this is pretty horrible stuff happening. 17 minutes. Where were the teachers? Where was school security at? According to the principal, a few of the students who had tried to avoid the situation were chased down and escorted, dragged, or carried to the spot on the playground. One student was also punched in the head. The school district, Springfield City Schools, said they will not be disclosing how the students will be punished. Well, why not? The NAACP. They said, oh, this is inappropriate, but we don't believe any of the students should be arrested. Well, why not? These kids kidnapped their classmates, they assaulted their classmates, and they singled out their classmates based on the color of their skin. Now, I think we all know that if this had been a reversal of skin colors, what would have happened? The white kids would have already been thrown in jail charged with federal hate crimes. I know you can't charge it. I I get it. But that's what would have happened. They would have found a way. The school district goes on to say that the district is working with counselors, mental health experts, and others to deal with the, the aftermath of this situation. It is a horrible story. One parent telling a local newspaper that their child is terrified of going to school again. Unbelievable. So we don't have any word yet on whether or not kids are being charged with any crimes. So I'm going to ask the question here of the audience. Should these kids be charged with a crime here for what they did on the playground? Should they face hate crime charges? Because we know that they certainly would have done it if it had been the white kids doing that. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We've got the video on our website. It's just horrifying. You really wonder what's going on, and I'm going to tell you what's going on. This is what critical race theory looks like in practice. At the end of the day, after years of teaching these children that they have been oppressed by the white kids, Are you surprised this happened? I mean, really? We'll be right back. All right. I, uh, 
I really don't want to talk about this story. But we're going to. This is from TheBlaze.com. Andrew Chapados is the writer. A new commercial. There is a ladies brand called Always. It's a brand of women's pads. It's a ladies product for ladies and ladies exclusively. So someone is raising a stink about this because there's a new commercial out for the Always brand of women's pads for Always Infinity. They have the Flex Foam. And the the ladies product features a man. No, I'm not making this up. From The Blaze, a recent commercial for the Always brand of women's pads features someone who appears to be a man, leaving viewers confused about the advertisement for the menstruation product. The 15-second promotional for Always Infinity Pants with Flex Foam features either a man or a transgender man in its commercial in support of, quote, all bodies. Quote, no two bodies are the same. Some pads never got that message, the commercial begins. But audiences are unable to pinpoint whether the actor in question is indeed a man or a biological woman posing as a man. There's a raging debate in a Reddit thread asking why would a man ever be a part of this demographic? Quote, this is not an inclusivity thing. This is a you're a biological man and have no need for this product thing. It's true. <laughs> oh, dear. There you go, folks. It's The whole world's gone slap crazy. Just slap crazy. Can we talk about Texas Tech for just a moment? So they're ha- they're not having a good year on the basketball court. Not a good year at all. Coach under fire. Mark Adams is the head coach of, of Texas Tech. And now he has been suspended. It had nothing to do with the fact that they're not winning basketball games. Apparently, Coach Adams was having a having an issue with one of the players not wanting to be coachable. And and that happens, right? You're a head coach. You've got these kids. They think they're the best things since sliced bread, and they don't want to listen to the coach. So the coach had a private conversation with this player. And during the course of the conversation, the coach, who is a Christian man, referenced a Bible verse. And the Bible verse was about how there is always a master and a servant. In other words, there's always a coach, and then there's someone who is being coached. And the point of the conversation, which was private behind closed doors, was about coaching and being coachable. Anybody who's played a sport understands exactly what that conversation was about. So now there is trouble because the university says what the coach said by quoting the Bible verse was inappropriate, unacceptable, and here we go, racially offensive. That's what they're saying. So they have now suspended Coach Adams. The coach says, hey, wait a second. I I was just quoting from the Bible here. Texas Tech says the coach apologized, but that's not true. The coach says that is not true. So get this, Texas Tech now believes God's word is racially offensive. Well, let's hope the Red Raiders don't need a Hail Mary next season during football. Got to take a break. This is the Todd Stern Show.
right. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. Before I jump into this uh, story involving NBA basketball star Jean Morant, uh, I want to go back and uh, share some some stance with you. The NBA has gone full-blown woke, and it's it's a tragedy because, as we have seen play out across the board, once you go woke, you go broke. So the NBA All-Star Game, 2023 edition, the least watched in the history of basketball. No doubt, I mean, hands down, nobody's watching it. And why is that? It's because of these woke policies coming out of the NBA. So that brings me to the story of John Morant, who is a rock star here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. Very good basketball player. Had a, what, 23 years old. He had this, I'll get to the upbringing in just a moment. But anyway, John Morant is making headlines for all the wrong reasons, and now he is—he's—he hasn't been suspended. But where's uh, Josh? Uh, Josh Rivera, who's filling in on the board today, uh, does a lot of sports writing and keeps up with sports here in uh, here in Memphis, and especially the Grizzlies. And uh, what I mean. He's he's been in some hot water over the past couple of months. Yeah, it's been tough as a Grizzlies fan to see where our star is going. Uh, he's going to be missing two games, and that's a minimum. Uh, they may be more uh, today. They're already talking about him maybe taking the rest of the season off. I don't know. It's just really tough to listen. I mean, he's got a huge multi bazillion dollar deal with Nike, and Nike. So, and the whole point of that was talking about what a great leader the poor guy is. Yeah, and not only them, but also Powerade. Uh, His signature shoe with Nike just came out. He's about to sign probably another huge deal once his contract is up with the Grizzlies. He's their franchise player. Uh, This is not what you want to see, first of all, from just a a figure in sports in general, but just a star. He is our franchise in Memphis. I mean, people don't know, but he is a huge, iconic, not just a sports figure, but just a figure in the city in general. He's 23 years old, and he's portraying himself, and and I'm going to use the language uh, that has been used by sports journalists that are weighing in on this, um, as this, he's embracing the thug life with the uh, hanging out at the clubs and the bars, and I guess what got him in trouble, which is sort of puzzling uh, to me, but I guess there was some photo taken of him with a gun in a club. He was waving the gun around, apparently. Is that right, Josh? Yeah, that's right. It was on Instagram Live. And look, it's not abnormal for NBA players to go to clubs or to go party after a game or so. That's not... That's not abnormal. What is abnormal is for players to post a video of them with guns, that kind of stuff. Very illegal activity. And to, but to be honest, if it's if if it's in Memphis, I get it because everybody needs to have at least one gun if you're driving around. But you have to have that gun and you have to use it responsibly. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell if this had happened in Memphis or if this was this in Denver. I think it was in Denver. I think it was right after the the game they played against Denver. But so then there there are these other issues where the, the Pacers were in town, I guess, and uh, some of his entourage were waving a gun around. Yeah, so the- this was in Indiana when they were away, and apparently there was a laser pointed at one of the Indiana security personnel. It was just a, not a good situation. And then the Washington Post does a story, an expose, and this is what gets me, is this information was covered up by the Memphis Police Department and the Shelby County Sheriff's Department, but apparently got into it at a mall, at the Galleria with, uh, with the security guard, and there was yet another incident on top of that it just doesn't seem like it's going to stop i mean and this is the thing that's frustrating fans and just media in general he's doing it to himself 
Yes, because I did a little research, and this is sort of like, Josh, the, I'm not big into the rap hip-hop industry, but by and large, most of your rap and hip-hop stars were not raised on the streets or in the hood. They're coming from well-to-do suburbs, and they're basically wannabe gangsters. And that's apparently the situation here, because John Morant grew up in a good home in the suburbs, went to a Christian school. So th- this is sort of puzzling as as to what's happening. And one one of the national news um, the, one of the national news outlets that was covering this actually asked if Memphis itself was having a bad influence on John Morant. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's sometimes with all this money and all this uh, fame that you get, some people just don't know how to handle that. It's a lot for a 23-year-old to take, but this is the worst way possible to handle it. So what I think is fascinating about this is the response from the community. And my Facebook page has been filled with people basically staging interventions for John Morant. And what's even more interesting is it is a – it, it is a diverse group of people. I would say just about as many white basketball fans as black. And I say that only because people think Memphis is a divided city between you know races. And we're not. We're not. Our leaders want us to be. But in essence, we're really not. We want the best for everybody. And I think there are a lot of people out there that want the best for John Morant. And one of the reasons why is because kids do need role models out there. And I know we can have the argument, well, the father should be the only one. I get that. But in reality, kids look up to these basketball stars and football stars, and they need to understand they've got a responsibility to to get it together. That's all I'm saying. And I agree. I, I think about one situation that happened a couple of years ago. If you remember Aaron Hernandez, NFL star, and he ended up uh, murdering several people. I mean, I think it was two people, but at least one. He was in the, the drug scene. He was with people that were convicted criminals. And obviously, he's not alive anymore, but he was sentenced to life in prison. I think it's a little bit exaggerated example, but you, the, the point is you don't want to see John Morant trending towards something like that. No, you don't. And But the reality is here... This is a much bigger problem than John Morant. We have generations of young boys that are being raised to embrace this thug life, and it is being perpetuated in movies and music and video games and on the basketball court. So I get having an intervention for John Morant, but it seems to me we need a national intervention to address this kind of behavior and nip it in the bud. Now, Shannon Sharp, who is um, one of the guys, one of the sports hosts over at Fox Sports, I thought he really got this cut. Listen to cut number 10. I wish Ja would realize that he's not a thug. Ja is a really really good basketball player. Ja did everything he could to lift himself and his family out of this type of environment and to get away from this. And for some reason, he wants to surround himself with these type of people. Why? Bro, you not hard. That's not your life. People that in that life would give anything to be in your life. Great point. For some reason, you're worth 30. You're worth all. You got a $200 million contract and you want people in the NBA to think you hood, to think you gangster mm-hmm. because you roll with these type of people. Bro, you putting yourself in harm's way when you don't have to. Nobody looks at you, John, think, man, that's a thug. He hood. <laughs> he down. He bought that. You not. Stop pretending. All you do is yap and talk about, oh, I'm going to let him live to see another day. I'm going to do this. You're not going to do nothing. What you're going to do is get yourself in trouble, put yourself and your family in harm's way when you don't have to. 
just play basketball. If you want to do all that chirping and all that about y'all good, how great y'all are, even though your record indicate since you made your statement, Dylan Brooks made his statement, you've been awful. Have at that. I got no problem. I, I wish you wouldn't talk so much considering mm-hmm. y'all talk so much to have done so little. That's a part of it. I get that. But this, 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 what you're going about, pretending like you, like you down like that, that you tote, that you carry, bruh, you putting yourself in harm's way. Mm. And it's not a good look for you. Stop this, man. This is not you. You, you, I mean, you, you played basketball to get out of this environment. You could, hey, I guarantee you got homeboys. You say that's your fam. You tweet that that's your fam that probably had talent like you, but they chose that life. Bro, you need to let that go. Cause that's not you. It's not. You pretend like you hard, but you're not, Ja. Mm. You opening yourself up. You're putting yourself in a position you don't even need to be in. And for what? For street cred? Come on, bro. Well, there you go, Josh. What'd you think about that? I mean, it was pretty straightforward. I, I agree with every word he said. And something else to consider is his dad. And his dad is at all the games. He's courtside. He's very vocal about his son. And I think that's something else that people need to be looking at is, you know, what's he doing? He needs to be more like a parent than it seems like than just a friend. So I did a little research into the dad because you're right. This guy is a class A jerk uh, out there. But when he was he was on his path to have a, a solid basketball career and gave that up because his wife was pregnant. They were starting a family and he wanted to be at home, which I completely respect. So I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out what this is really all about in the family dynamic here. But it seems to me maybe Ja from a very young age was told, oh, you're the superstar. They put him up on a pedestal and they really didn't do a very effective job in in teaching their son how to be a man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Again, this is just something that needs to be addressed now before it gets progressively worse and worse because yeah. that's the trend. Got to nip it in the bud. But but again, this sets such a horrible, horrible example for young young boys all over America. And I mean, white, black, doesn't matter. Hispanic, everybody. Because we see it all. I mean, we've seen... I never can understand these white guys walking around talking like they grew up in the hood. I mean, come on. You lived in Germantown, Tennessee, for crying out loud. Parents are members of the country club. Or what are you trying to pull off of people? By the way, here's uh, Doc Holliday, who is uh, weighing in. He's uh, Is he a local sports uh, local sports anchor? Uh, weighs in on a lot of these. And I'm just glad that these men are now having this conversation because this is typically not allowed to happen. Cut number six. Hey, this message is for Job ja Morant. Job, ja, I don't know you, man. I, we, we've never we've never really spoken or talked. I know I covered the Grizzlies. I work here in Memphis. Uh, but you got to grow up, man. You got to grow up, man. I'm from Memphis, and I was raised with gangsters and gangbangers, man. And most of them my age now, at age 50 or older, wish they would have chose a different lifestyle and a, a different path, man. That ain't it. The Most High God has blessed you with incredible talent and with an incredible opportunity and incredible opportunities. Young young people and young boys and young men are watching you. And I don't care about anybody getting mad. I don't try to make friends. But you got to grow up, my guy. You have to grow up, man. God has given you an amazing opportunities, amazing talent that he hasn't blessed everyone with. The gangster lifestyle is not it, trust me. Or even trying to portray the gangster attitude. 
And I can tell you right now, I don't care about anybody getting mad at me. I do not care. I don't care about anybody not speaking to me. I do not care. I'm from Memphis. I love Memphis. I put in work in Memphis. I made my mistakes because I was young and dumb at one point too. But you got to grow up, man. At some point, somebody got to pull you to the side and let you know the path that you're going on and the things you're doing. It's not going to end well. See, I'm old enough. I can look back in the past, but y'all can't look in the future. You got to grow up, man. You got to grow up. You see, we need more voices like that in society and fewer voices like Al Sharpton. We really do. And I appreciate what Doc Holliday was saying here, and he's he's a man of influence here in the Memphis area. And we want John to succeed. We do. And uh, you, there are two there are two P's that this that this young man needs. And I call him a young man, but he's a man. He's twenty three years old. And there's no excuse. These people out there, well, he's just a boy. No, he's not a boy. He's 23 years old. He's a grown man. He can make his own decisions. He can make his own way in life. And yeah, he's got a lot of money, but he's got to surround himself. And this is where mom and dad have to come in and say, hey, look, here's what you need to be doing. There, there are two P's here that can fix us, parents and a preacher. That's what can fix this. And I know that the the Grizzlies, well, we're going to have him sit out a couple of games. No, no, no. This is not a couple of games and your fixed situation. And I think maybe the better thing to do is, you know what? Before you go off the rails here, let's let's just take the rest of the season off and get this figured out because there's something else going on. But what does it say about us as a society, ladies and gentlemen? Where we celebrate things again, you know, we're trying to tell we're trying to tell John Morant, hey, you don't need to be living the thug life, and yet for what twenty three years we've been encouraging John Morant and other kids to live the thug life, and how do we do that? By celebrating the music, by celebrating the movies, the video games, fashion, you name it. Because we in society are telling these kids one thing, and when they go out and they emulate what they're what we're telling them is good. And okay, all of a sudden it becomes bad. So I think all of us need an intervention. Got to take a break. 844-747-8868. Put John Memorand on your prayer list. We'll be right back. All right, let's go to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Chris in Collierville, Tennessee. Listening to us on our flagship station, KWAM. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind? Hi, Mr. Starnes. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I'm just going to give you an example of the difference in, in the mentality. Uh, years ago, Stromile Swift, he played for the Grizzlies. And a um, friend of ours, Stephanie, she was the Budweiser girl. So he'd come over and hang out at the house. And I'd cook homemade chicken Alfredo for him. And we'd watch movies and everything. And he did that so that he could get away from his house so that he wouldn't have to put up with any riffraff. And at that time, Stromile Swift, he was carrying the team. And when he talked about trade talks, I said, Stro, I said, you have a chance to take this team to a national championship. All the other guys are injured, and you're carrying the team. You have that chance to be the Michael Jordan of Memphis. And he stayed away from the – the uh crazy lifestyle and things like that but he ended up moving to new york because he wanted to be back with his family and i respected that 
And the thing is, what I don't understand, when you're making millions of dollars, you don't need the thug life. You, you, that's why you worked so hard to be who you are is so that you could get away from things like that. And it's, it's just a shame because a lot of people have said, okay, look, this is the year he is, he's, he's rolling. He's, he's going to do it. They're going to go to a national championship. And the thing is just missing two games could cost them that national championship. So he is, he has really hurt the team. He's hurt himself. And there's just, there's something going on. And again, as you have said, look at the people around you. Who are you letting influence you? And why are you doing that? You should be taking the lead and showing people how to avoid that type of stuff. And it's just a shame. Uh, I hope he gets better. I hope, I hope things work out. Um, but at this point, just missing the two games could have cost a national championship. And uh, for such a, a young, talented person, uh, just can't understand why would you go the route that you're going. And um, well, you would need so, you would think the team captains would step in. Other teammates would have stepped in by now. But the the thing is, uh, there are people and. Memphis Police Department and Shelby County Sheriff's Department has some explaining to do. Why did they keep this stuff covered up? Because, again, this is a pattern of behavior that could have been rectified much earlier than where we are right now. Well, you know, here's one thing. Just thank God that he hasn't he hasn't gotten killed. That's it. Thank God that he's still alive. He is playing a very dangerous game. Very dangerous game. Yes, sir. All right, Chris, got to run. That is the final thought for the day. Thank you, sir. All right, folks. Wow, what a day. Good to be back in Memphis. Back tomorrow, folks. We have a jam-packed edition of the program for you. In the meantime, head over to to ToddStearns.com. Some great stories for you to check out there. Be good, America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com